Chase. Laura Curran joining us live. It's Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran on 77 WABC. Welcome back to Cut to the Chase. I am happy to introduce my next guest, no stranger to WABC, and to our lovely listenership, Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. I think, is it your birthday today? All right, we're going to see if we can get Brian on the line. I think it's his birthday today. I'm not going to tell you how old he is, but you can find out on Wikipedia, where I did. So Brian Kilmeade, as you know, has been co-host. Actually, I didn't realize it was for this long, for 25 years on Fox and Friends, on Fox News. He's host of One Nation with Brian Kilmeade that airs on the weekends. He's host of The Brian Kilmeade Show, which airs right here on WABC on weekdays from 10 to noon. So, Brian, is it your birthday today? Ah, uh, that is true. You are uh, so is- you are so sweet to come on and talk. I I, uh, I appreciate that you uh, are joining us, and very happy birthday to you. Which is, I think, a, a technically a national holiday. So I think most people are off today. That's so right. In honor of my birthday, I'm pretty sure it's the I day of Brian. <laughs> yes, but no, this is important stuff. The world doesn't stop. I mean, especially on a Sunday. No, uh, things are pretty intense. What's what's happening right now? Everywhere you look, yeah, a lot of intense stuff in the news right now, and I want to get to that. Uh, but before I do, you know, I realized reading your Wikipedia page that you've been co-host of Fox and Friends for twenty-five years, so you have seen a lot. Um, you've, I have. You've got One Nation with Brian Kilmeade that airs on Fox over the weekends. You have the Brian Kilmeade Show that airs every weekday for two hours. You write books. You have a family. You have three children. They're involved with sports. I just have a very quick personal question for you. How do you manage it all? We all have busy lives, but you seem to be able to uh, articulate things intelligently for five hours a day, have a family, write your books, you know, live your life. How do you do it? How do you prioritize things? Uh, You know, I I don't know. Uh, I appreciate the question. I mean, well, part of it is I get my day started. I got four four or five hours in before anyone wakes up. Hmm. And that allows me to Hit the ground running. So by the time I, I'm on the air at 6 o'clock, I've covered the uh, incredible amount of news, so much information. So I'm able to do that, go right to radio, and then you do contribute along the way. And then at the same time, when you're done, it's 2, two 3 o'clock in the afternoon unless they need you to do something like the 5 or a nighttime show. And then you could focus on special projects. You know, so I could go and do um, Booker and Anna, Booker T. Washington, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Uh, how these guys impacted race relations and, and pioneered a very difficult time. But I'm able to do that after 2 o'clock. I'm able to work on that, and I bracket that out along with the stuff you got to do. you got to be on the five. you got to be on from 6 to 9. you got to be on from 9 to noon. But the other stuff, you kind of plan and set it up. And now that my kids are older and I'm not coaching, um, it makes it even a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So I just take it, you know, I know um, these are all opportunities. Right. Aren't, this is a privilege to be able to pursue this, to get a publishing deal, to be able to do it, to have people ask you to do a radio show. So you got to perform it to stay with the morning show is not something you take for granted. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm kind of lucky in that respect. So I, I, that's how I take it, because in our business, there's so many really talented people mm-hmm. without great jobs like I have. And I knew how long it took me to get the job at Fox. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I'll give myself credit for is I realized how great it was right away. A lot of people don't. A lot of people thought there were a bunch of jobs like that. I was, I knew for a fact there weren't. So I held on, you know, I got hired as a sports guy and I was able to uh, capitalize on my news knowledge and stick around. 
So, Brian Kilmeade, you did start as a sports guy. And I'm wondering, you know, covering sports, what are the similarities to covering politics? Very similar, especially this time of year. Strategies, game Mm. plans, executing in the clutch, whether it's the debates or game day. I get it. So are appearances. So are big interviews. You make a mistake or you you make news. How do you handle that? How are you going to handle the attack? That's right. Who's coaching? So, Brian, I think we might have a little bit of static there. Are you back? Okay. All right, we lost him. We're going to get him back. Uh, I really want to talk to Brian uh, about a few things. I want to talk about the Jordan Neely, Daniel Penny story. You may have heard uh, the choke, the Marine veteran who choked a homeless man and he died. And the Manhattan DA is looking at it at the moment, which I see as a real Rorschach test for where people are politically, how they feel about it. Uh, to me, this is a story. We don't know the whole story. We don't know what led up to uh, the alleged, uh, the alleged, well, it's not alleged. It's been ruled a homicide, but no charges have been brought yet. I know that the Manhattan DA is looking at that. Title 42 is being lifted on Thursday. That's another huge story that is already starting to uh, have a big effect uh, down at the border in Mexico and in the United States on that side of the border. I also wanted to talk to Brian about the Ukraine because he's got some pretty nuanced and also quite strong feelings about what's going on in Ukraine. Um, I, I think the folks in the Republican Party are not lockstep, nor are folks in the Democratic Party. So that's another thing that uh, we're very much interested in talking to Brian about when he comes back. And he's back now. Brian, do we got you back? Got me back. All right. So I wanted to talk to you about the F train chokehold, the uh, Marine veteran Daniel Penny putting Jordan Neely in a chokehold, which I see, you know, everyone's got an opinion who weren't there. You know, we weren't there. I wasn't there. We don't know what led up to this. But I see this sort of thing as a sort of Rorschach test for where people are politically. They'll see in this what they want to see uh, without necessarily having the facts. How do you I feel like there's more and more of that in our culture right now where people will, will jump to the conclusion, take a side because they're either on the right or they're on the left. Well, I think you're right. I, I, where you stand, I, I just there's no race involved in this. Mm-hmm. People should understand it's nothing to do with it. I'm on the F train six times a month. I just got to get to 34 sometimes as quick as I can. And now with these new schedules with uh, with Grand Central, you got to get. So if I have an opportunity, I'm just going downstairs at Fox. I'm hopping on a train and I'm going on the F train a lot. Yeah, and I'm telling you, there are wacky people on, and they're not all black, they're not all Hispanic, they're not all white. It is a mix, and you know whether they're sitting there shirtless, asleep on a bench. I've never seen it in my 25 years where there's more people who are menacing, who look un- unbalanced. So you say to yourself, "Well, what happened? I don't know. Maybe we'll see the video eventually. We see a lot of it." Well, if you ask me to imagine what happened, this guy's being belligerent. You look at his background, 44 arrests. You yeah. look at his background, punching a woman in the face, and still she's still dealing with brain damage today. And then you see a guy who's got no history of violence. I know a few people that know him, and I'm pursuing that angle right now. Uh, just out of the Marines after doing his four years mm-hmm. and sees an opportunity to maybe help other people because a lot of people on there, they're, they're not the – as AOC says, rich Marines, 
rich people get a chance to choke out other people and not pay a price? That makes no sense. You know, when's the last time you saw a rich Marine in your life to make $30,000? No. Uh, unless you get 20 years, you're not even having a pension. So you know, this guy locked it up and maybe held it too long. To me, this is not a race issue. If you see the, one of the guys holding the arm is a black guy. That's right. And so there's so much more. And I got to tell you, I was on your show this week. I also took the F train. I ride the subways a lot. I take the Long Island Railroad. I take the subways. Um, I have a young daughter in her early 20s who takes the subway. And, you know, we have conversations about what we see. And it's 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 really rough and it's tough. And you can understand how something like this could happen. Uh, I'm, I'm, we've also done this. Why don't people do something when Adam Klotz, our weather guy was getting beat up? Why didn't someone try to help him? Mm. Well, now, you know, mm-hmm. now, you know, and I have, a, I have a, a good friend of ours on our crew and you've probably seen him before. He's a, he's a, a world champion jujitsu guy. Mm-hmm. And he's afraid of getting locked up in a situation like that, even though he could control it because he is elite trained and he's wide open to a lawsuit. He's got a family. But he doesn't want to see, he says, I can't put my hands on somebody to help out. Now nobody is going to put their hands on anybody. So if you are a 60-year-old woman trying to get back on a train and some 30-year-old unbalanced schizophrenic lunatic wants to punch you in the face, do not be surprised when people don't do anything. Right. Because they don't want to be, now his life is at least destroyed for a year. Yep. The family, anybody with that last name. So these people in the subway, blocking the subways over the weekend, should be embarrassed. And that governor should be absolutely just, she should just walk out of office if she hasn't embarrassed herself enough. Mayor Adams did the exact right thing. Can we wait to find out the details, please? The guy's not running. He talked to the cops. They released him. They talked to the eyewitnesses. How dare you take to the streets and block traffic? I admire Mayor Adams for his caution and for his his calming the situation down and seeing what the facts are. There's a process for this. Let that play out. Uh, another really hot topic this coming up this week is Title 42 being lifted on Thursday. We're already seeing so many migrants uh, c- coming over into El Paso and Brownsville, many more than had been. Uh, what do you think? I mean – there's a huge human toll, huge on this. What do you think politically this will do for uh, Democrats versus Republicans? Well, for this way, Laura, I think you're very similar to Henry Cuellar, a Democrat, who mm-hmm. you just say, hey, how do I solve this problem? Right. Oh, I don't care if the party's mad at me. You want to solve a problem. I've seen it in action with you in Nassau County. It's, I, I mean, I would have to ask myself a few times. I didn't know if you were a Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just the way, which makes me think you're going to be back in office if that's choose you want, if that's the path you want to do. Thank I look you. at Henry Cuellar the same way. He's at the border. What do, what do I have to do to help the people that elected me? That's right. And he can't get a call back from the White House. And the biggest lock is when they say, "Well, I proposed comprehensive immigration reform. Republicans wouldn't take it up." One thing has nothing to do with the other. Securing the border doesn't mean a massive legislation. It means securing the border, doing the things necessary to send the message to the rest of the world, including the thousands of Chinese engineers. Think about that for a second. That are coming to our border who think this is the time to get into the best country in the world and live for free. Mm. And New York is being overwhelmed right now. Now that I heard they might even convert JFK, an empty hangar at JFK. Let me ask you, when they get there and they get their box lunch and their box dinner, then what do they do? 
there's nothing even near there. So they're going to just flood into Queens? I mean, uh, what are they going to panhandle on the parkway? So what are we doing? Why isn't there people just blitzing this administration to do something? Instead, 1,500 uh, army, army men and women who are told, even though you're wearing camouflage, you have been trained. I want you actually filling out paperwork. I mean, this stuff is just, it's not hard stuff, but it almost looks intentional. Like they want 7 million people here unscreened. And that's scary to me. And you're right. It's obviously happening at the border, but the implications are happening in the whole country. We see that here in New York. Uh, we see, you know, Mayor Adams struggling. I say like he's shouting into the wilderness for help from fellow Democrats down in Washington, whether it's the congressional delegation, whether it's the president. I mean, yes, the governor sent him a billion, is going to send a billion bucks in this new budget. That's great. A lot more needs to come from Washington. And it's, nobody's helping him, you know, and it's the local folks. It's the mayors, it's the county executives, it's the local leaders who are left holding the bag who have to care for these human beings who are coming in. And they are coming. They are. And now the mayor is saying, you know, if for those upstate communities, we're going to need your help. You know, the one, we actually are sending some to college, which is unbelievable to me. But uh, the others, the upstate communities are saying, hey, we need, some, we need to alleviate some of the pressure in New York City. Well, where's the governor on this? The governor should be down there in the in the in the JFK hangar having a press conference, calling out this administration. They mm. all should. And, and like that mayor from El Paso, I have no patience for. He says, "Oh, things aren't bad. You didn't clean up and sanitize El Paso when the president came down. The president's totally detached. He's hanging out in Delaware, looking at his uh, his uncla- his classified documents by his Corvette, and he's not in the eye of the storm. Mayorkas is sitting there saying we passed comprehensive Im- we should pass comprehensive immigration reform." Is, is a laughing in the face of the people wearing green who are desperate now. Evidently, we're up to 8,000 a day. It's going to get to 14,000 by the middle of the week. What do we do with these people? If that, if for those people who volunteer and go to Haiti and go to, and, and go to Central America and build houses and help, that's fine. As a country, if we allow all these people to come in, they might be the finest people in the world with the best stories, we will not be a country anymore. So ask yourself, what did what matters most to you? Being America first, putting the people here, those those fourth graders in an American classroom with American families, they deserve a good education. If you double the size of their class and those kids go for free and they use the special services, English and second language, and your kids are now not getting a good education, being ignored, the kids who don't even speak Spanish or English have another language are getting the attention. That's more tax dollars. And people shake their head, throw up their hands and go, I'm out of New York. I don't need this. I'm going to go to Florida. They already passed strict rules. We don't have to deal with that. You know, so I'm, I'm, people are, are going to react to this. And, and saying and allowing this to happen, I almost, I'm glad it's happening so, so bad that he's going to have to take action this week. That, that's my hope that things get so bad. The president is called out on this. He's got 34 percent approval rating when it comes to the border. I think it's going to drop to 10. You know, Brian Kilmeade, I think people look to elected leaders to solve problems and to keep things running. I don't you know, maybe the dramatic stuff gets the clicks and the likes and all of that. But at the end of the day, people don't want to even have to think about government too much. They just want things to run. 
They want problems to be solved. But I'm wondering if there's a lack of focus on this on the federal government because it is such a political hot potato and it will draw attention to a problem that they don't want to focus on because it's not a good look for them. But then if that's the case, and I don't know if you agree with me, if that's the case, then they're not doing the fundamental job of solving the problem. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm sure you've talked to people in Nassau County and Suffolk County. Listen to us. I have more of a handle of that than I do in New York City. But these teachers, when they speak up, are are basically told, if you keep speaking up about the double size of your classroom, the attention given to illegal immigrants, all of a sudden you have six new students and you don't know where they're from or what they need, where their parents are. If you speak up, you get fired, moved out, suspended. So a lot of teachers listening to us right now are saying, we are actually in the line of fire in Long Island. I mean, I did somebody on MS-13, and they were just go, I was sitting there with the special gang unit, and they were telling me these sponsors who are getting these kids from the border, the unaccompanied minors. By the way, does it bother anyone that there's 80,000 kids we can't find missing, in our country? Missing, missing. Yeah. Think about does that. Does that bother anybody? How could that Children. be a question on Mr. Press? Yeah. yeah. So, so, with they, so they put them into working-class areas. They're not putting them into the upper-class areas where people have a lot of political clout and money to make these problems go away. Yeah. So you put them into Brentwood, mm-hmm. and you say, well, what are they going to do? You know, first-generation immigrants, and the classroom's already stressed out. Well, put them in these with sponsor families, and a lot of them join gang units, and a lot of them are, don't have the political power to get anybody's attention. And I just think it's terrible. And I just think that the people that evidently vote Democrat more than anything else are the ones being abused the first and the ones with the power, you know, I put them into Beverly Hills high school. Believe me, you know, those, those kids are not, they're not, they're not going, uh, they're not going to Chaminade. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure of that. So we'll see. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of people that could solve this problem, but they choose not to. And the average person, uh, it's affecting all of us in so many different ways. The least of which is, uh, the tax dollars. Where is it going? To, to make our our country better or to make other countries, citizens, uh, make them a part of our country, which they want to circumvent the system to do. I'll give my last example. I got uh, my daughter's graduating from college, and they got some Canadians there, and they're hockey players. Mm. And they cannot stay if they don't have a job. And then you've got to turn around and prove that the job the Canadians are getting, even though they were educated in America, uh, wasn't wouldn't be also be filled out by an American. And if it is, that company gets in trouble and have to prove over and over again that this unique talent that this Canadian has is better. And this is a stressful project, prospect. Mm. Now, think about this. You're going through those rigors, and all you have to do is go to the southern border. You get your ticket stamped, and in 10 years, you'll have a hearing. Think about the difference in the way we're treating people. Brian, I have you for 15 seconds before I can let you go and enjoy your birthday. Uh, Massapequa Chiefs have to change their name because of a new rule from the state saying that any mascots or names that have Native American roots got to go. How do people in Massapequa, your hometown, uh, not, not too far from me in Baldwin, how do they feel about that? Well, I mean, they're very upset by it because nobody has any derogatory thing to say about the Chiefs. They're proud of it, proud of the history. It's, uh, it's something people do not mock. Uh, they don't make fun of it. We are proud of the fact that Massapequa Indians were in this area, Takapusha. We all know the history. We learn about it, Braves. And I didn't see this big uproar. This seems like pure politics and I have everything to do. Now you've got to put more millions of dollars in to rip up end zones, to redo decals, to redo bumper stickers. Waste of money. And your school board has to pay for it. They've got to find the money. 
right? And if they don't, they lose their school funding. To me, what a waste of money. Brian Kilmeade, I want to thank you so much for coming on Cut to the Chase, and I'll see see you around the neighborhood. Laura, thank you so much. Appreciate everything. Happy birthday. Thank you. Stay tuned after the break, talking to William Rashbaum of the New York Times about Trump v. Drag. Brag.